Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. I'm excited to share a conversation with all of you that I had with Forrest Anderson. Forrest is the Director of Leadership Development at the Ridge, and he has a tremendous love for people. He's the life of the party, and after years and years in the restaurant business, he knows how to throw some pretty good ones too. I got a chance to chat with him and ask him why he thinks investing in people is so important and how to throw a good party. So here's my conversation with Forrest. Well, hey Forrest, uh, thanks for joining us today. Could you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the Ridge? And, uh, I'm very excited for the opportunity that we've got to hang out and spend some time together. But yeah, man, no, seriously, dude, yeah, thanks for having me on. But uh, yeah, I'm Forrest. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And um, I was actually brought on uh, to be one of the, uh, or to be the campus pastor of our Oak Creek campus. But now I get to lead our leadership development and multiplication efforts. That's awesome, man. Uh yeah, I, I know. I know a little bit about your story, right? Where you were originally uh, kind of working in a different the restaurant industry, yeah. Right. Um, what was that shift like, going from restaurant industry to to ministry? Um, it was a um, it was an interesting shift, but for me, it, it probably wasn't as big um, as kind of some careers for people when they shift from their normal, you know, their their normal career to going into ministry. I think for me, the reason was because the reason I was in the restaurant business and the reason I loved the restaurant business was uh, not just the food, but people. So one of the things that I got to do is spend a lot of time with people, making sure that our customers were happy, making sure the customers returned, you know, making sure I knew who all the, the regulars were at the different businesses and got to develop relationships with people that way. And um, when I got into ministry, you know, my whole focus is on people. You know, really, that's that's my part of ministry, and I think the way that God's uh, gifted me in a unique way is just to be able to develop relationships and to spend time with people and, and to build relationships with people and to hang out with them and and uh, just hear their stories and help them take steps in faith. Um, so for me, the transition was um, not probably as dramatic as it was for a lot of people because it's about the same thing. It's just about people, and uh, that's why I love what I get to do here is because we're here about developing people and helping people uh, take steps in their faith journey and, and developing a relationship with God. So, so when we talk so much about investing in people, like you, like you're mentioning, right? There's, you hear that talked a lot about at the Ridge. What does that What does that mean to you? Like, how um, do you interpret that? What does that mean? Yeah, I think it's everything. First and foremost, I think it's everything. I think. Um, our faith journeys are about not just building a relationship with God, um, but it's about building a relationship with others. And I think um, the cool thing about God is he wants a relationship with you. So first and foremost starts with this idea of relationship. And um, God doesn't just want you to do things for him or doesn't want you to do things uh, because of him. He wants to grow in a relationship with you. We've got this unique, amazing God who wants this personal relationship with as much as he wants a relationship with everybody in this world. He also wants a unique personal relationship with each and every one of us. And I think that's awesome and amazing and just um it's kind of crazy to think about like that. He's this all knowing, yeah. all powerful, all being God, <laughs> but yet he wants to have this individual unique relationship with just you or me. And he wants to know us and get to know us deeper and understand the way we feel about things and understand the things we struggle with. Um, so it starts with the idea of relationship. And I think at the same point, then God, and he commands us, he wants us to build relationships with others because people matter to God. 
Um, so they should matter to us. You know, our heart as we grow closer in our relationship with God should grow closer to God's heart um, for others. And he just loves people. And so we just need to love people. I know, I know everybody kind of connects with God in a little bit of a different way. Do you feel like the, one of the biggest ways that you connect with God really is to like by investing, connecting, caring for other people? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's this idea of like when, when you feel the kingdom of God or the presence of God, right? When you feel that happening. And for me, one of the ways that I feel it is when I'm just in a conversation with somebody and I'm hearing their story and, um, just God uses me in that unique time to just speak in those people's lives in a very um, special way. And so for me, that's one of my cup fillers. I know a lot of people, especially people who are introverts, you know, they're, they're drained when they hang out with people and they get to spend time talking and having conversations with people. But for me, it, it actually fills my cup, you know, and, and, and I learn in those conversations as much as I get to, you know, speak wisdom, you know, pseudo wisdom, my wisdom into people's <laughs> lives. Um, but uh, I also, you know, I get filled because I get to hear, you know, unique things that have happened in their lives and um, the things that they struggle with and the way that they've overcome things, you know, I get to learn from them. And so it fills my cup um, as much as it's like a moment where I get to empty my cup. It also fills my cup in such a unique way. So for, for me, yeah, man, it's just, it's cool when just the Holy Spirit, man, when he uses you, when you're in a conversation with people and you feel that and you're like, I couldn't have said that on my own. Like, it's just, you know, yeah. I, I, I speak gibberish at times, you know what I mean? But all of a sudden <laughs> he'll use me to say something like profound. I'm like, wow, where'd that come from? Well, that's the Holy Spirit in me, man. Yeah. Dude, I don't think anybody would be surprised when you tell them like, oh yeah, I, I love, uh, I'm an extra, I get energized around people. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, dude, you're the life of the party. I think that's the just that nature of like, oh, just loving to to connect with people, loving to have fun. Um, which I mean brings us to like the topic today. Like, hey, hey you know, uh, I don't know if this will make it past the editing floor, but like, how do you have parties that don't suck? You know, because <laughs> I think that isn't that one of the best ways to connect with people is just by kind of like putting together a gathering, putting together a uh, a party. Yeah, I think for sure it is. I think. So for me, the idea of um, not just having a party, but the idea of sharing a meal, you know, it's been probably one of the most profound things in my life that I've been able to do. And it started, I think, just from my background and just being a kid with uh, an Italian family where every time we got together, it was around a meal. And as we're sitting around the table, having a meal together, we're sitting in our backyards or we're uh, sitting in a restaurant, wherever it is, we were always talking then about what's that next meal? You know, when's that next gathering? When's that next meal? Um, and I think there's something so cool about food and, and sharing a meal that just is unique to every culture. So even when like my wife and I, Tracy, when we travel, you know, one of the things that we love to do is just get immersed in the culture there. And the way to do that is, is to sit down and have a meal with people, um, you know, go to their local restaurants and spend time understanding, okay, how do they eat? Why do they eat in this way? What time do they, eat? you know, you go to uh, Europe and one of the first things that we had to notice was that, you know, you don't eat, you know, at typical meal times, you know, you don't have kind of that luncheon time. You really have kind of a late afternoon meal. And then you have a nighttime meal that goes way into nighttime, you know, meal that starts at eight, nine o'clock at night you know that goes till midnight because everybody's just hanging out having fun getting to know each other sharing life stories um talking about what's going on because the evenings are just such this powerful time um in europe where the you know work's not getting done they're not really worried about work um they're just very okay where that lunchtime they're worried about work trying to get back to work or something like that but you know, that evening meal is such an important part of different cultures and 
um, even when I've gotten to go, you know, to, to Central and South America the same way, you know, they, they focus everything about gathering together for a meal and just sharing life experiences. And then you get to see like, okay, why do you eat the foods that you eat in this area? You know, what, what are the animals that you grow? What is the vegetation that you grow? You know, what is the agriculture like here? Then they get to share, okay, our heart, our passion for our community, our local area um, is behind our food. And then you get to see just, I mean, the women in the kitchen, typically women, I don't want to say it's always women, but typically, you know, the women in the kitchen expressing themselves in a unique way. So when I travel, one of the things that I'll do is like, I'll go jump in the kitchen, you know, I'll hang out in the kitchen and just be with, you know, the women in the kitchen as they're preparing the mood or the, the food and the meals and ask them, okay, why are you making that that way? Or, you know, can I, can I help out? Or can I, you know, can you help me? And it's funny, it'll kind of show me unique ways to, to make some, and I'll screw it up. Cause you know, I'm this American that's hanging out in this culture <laughs> has no idea why they're doing it. Um, but they, I think they appreciate that too, because you're taking interest in what matters to them. You know what I mean? You're, 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 you're valuing what matters to them. And I think that's kind of showing interest. So for me, just the idea of sharing a meal together and whether it's, um, you know, sitting down at a restaurant with somebody, getting a cup of coffee with somebody, getting, you know, a, a beer after work with some guys at a happy hour or, you know, literally, you know, throwing a party in your home. Um, I think it's just a very unique way and an awesome opportunity to get to know people. Hmm. Uh Sorry, that was probably I, a long. No, answer I had to. I had question. to follow that up with what what country in your experience had the best food, like not necessarily like general like generalization, but like what food that you ate in a specific country where you're like, okay, you gotta have that. I, you, you give me the country, and I'll tell you what the food is. I think. <laughs> I think. No, I think that's the thing. It's like every country you can't compare. You know, food from every country to uh, or, or from country to country to country. They all have their unique food, and so they've got the things that they do the best. Um, so, like whether you're you're sitting in Europe and you're you're going to a three-star Michelin restaurant and you're seeing the finest service possible with you know in you know a hundred-dollar bowl of consomme, which is the simplest thing in the world to make to a certain aspect. You think about it, right? Consomme is just a broth of some sort of meat product, but they make it in such a way that they've been developing this for thousands of years and, and they're, they know how to build flavor and they know how to build layers. And so, yeah, it's, it's a simple bowl of broth and it's hundred dollars, but it's worth it because you're in this place and that's what they've concentrated on. That's what they focused on. Their perfection is all about this broth. And then you go to like Guatemala and you see the way that they make tortillas, the way they make corn tortillas, these blue corn tortillas are some of the most amazing tortillas uh, that you've ever had in your life. And the way that they make them a little bit thicker and, and how they do it on this pan, you know, that they probably made, you know, I don't know, thousands or millions of tortillas on in just a fire in this little, you know, um, uh, you know, little, I, I don't, I don't mean demeaning by this term shack, but they're kind of living in, in these more of these, um, you know, shack style home, but that's in the kitchen. That's either outside or just kind of attached to them. And, and then you've got animals right next to you. And it's just kind of another unique experience, but the food there is just as amazing. It's a tortilla. But to me, that was like one of the most amazing things that I've ever had in my life. So I don't think it makes a difference of where you're eating. It's just trying to figure out, okay, what is that thing that they love? and they put their heart and their soul into, and um, it's just finding that and then watching them prepare it too. So it's all about the experience. When we think through like, kind of like throwing like a, a cool gathering, a cool party, do you think those elements kind of play a role in that of like, what are you passionate mm -hmm. about with food or whatever? Do you think that connects there? Oh, absolutely. I think it goes both ways. Um, I think one of the biggest things about throwing a party is you get to share a little bit of your story but you also get to help 
others show you get to show others that you value them by thinking about the things that they like too. So for instance, um, you know, if I'm going to have a party, one of the things that I'm going to do, and we're going to have one this, you know, this Monday, this uh, Memorial Day party, we're going to have a neighborhood gathering. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to smoke uh, beef brisket. And so I'm going to share my style of how I smoke beef with other people. But then I also know some of the people that are coming and I know, okay, this person likes to drink this, or this person likes to eat this and we're doing a potluck. So those people get to come and kind of bring a, a, uh, you know, some sort of food or side dish that they get to express a little bit of what they love and the things that they love to do and maybe their history or their ethnic, you know, background and they get to share a little bit of that. But then at the same point, I'm trying to say, okay, I know this person's coming. What do they like to drink? So I I can serve them. So when they walk in the door, I'm like, hey, hey, Julie, you know, awesome. You know, I've got that rosé that you liked last time that you were here. Remember that? So I just made sure I got some of that in there. You could go over there and make sure you grab that. And and I think it's kind of cool because people kind of look at, oh, really? You remember that? Or, you know, you cared enough about me to remember what I drink. Now that comes natural to me because, you know, I, I grew up in the restaurant business. And so I think it was always, you know, making sure you knew what the regulars were, but I think there's something special and unique about that when you get to help, you know, just share a, the joy of knowing what somebody else likes to eat or drink or where they like to sit or something like that. And you can kind of just remind them that, Hey, I remember that because I care about you. You know, I love you. You matter to me. So I want to make sure that I've got the stuff here that matters for you. But at the same point, then you get to share your, your own loves and passion. No, I, I love that. I, th- I think especially the the core thing that I take away from that is, you know, when you're throwing, when you're putting up together a gathering, you're having people over to your home or whatever the environment is. Um, yeah, you want like elements that you really enjoy there, of course, mm-hmm. but really to really make it an embraceful, to really show that hospitality, it's, hey, what is this person's key things? Mm-hmm. How can I know and learn about these person's things so that it all, it almost feels like they're gathering too, you know, yep. and not just yours. Yep. No, 100%. The more that you can get the people that you are hosting the gathering for involved in the gathering and being a part of that gathering and getting to know the people that are there, the less awkward, you know, it's going to make it feel for them. Yeah. You know, it's going to make them feel. Talk about that. What, um, so like maybe give us, what are some like, I don't know, do's and don'ts of, of putting together a gathering or a party? Like, um, you mentioned like not having it be awkward, right? I think that can be a a pitfall for, pitfall for some people is, you know, Oh, I'm not, maybe natural at hospitality or, you know, I want to have people over to be able to invest in them and and connect with them, but, um, I don't want it to be this awkward gathering, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think, um, a couple things there, at least first and foremost is just the idea of understanding your lane. Um, you know, not everybody is, uh, gifted at throwing a party and being that super uber, you know, extroverted host that's going to welcome everybody. But I bet you, you know, somebody who is, And I think one of the things that you can do is you can, okay, I want to throw a party that's begin to invest in my neighborhood, let's say, and begin to invest in my neighbors. And I know that I can, like, I'm an awesome cook and I can make sure my house is clean and I can make sure that, you know, there's events and fun games and stuff like that. But I'm not that person that's going to be the the face of that party juice person. That's just not, doesn't come naturally to me. So who's somebody in your neighborhood that you know that is? And how do you invite them to be a part of throwing the party and say, hey, I just need you to be that person that introduces everybody to each other or is that face and and just getting no person in that warm, welcoming thing. So I think it's knowing your lane a little bit and then understanding, okay, do I need to bring somebody in to help with this? And um, just to, and then give them their lane. Like, hey, your lane is not to cook the food or to make sure everything is clean or to make sure that the ice is stocked or anything like that. Like your role is literally to just be the, the face of the party, introducing people and 
networking with people because I'm not good at that. Um, so I think that it's, relieves, it's that relieves some of the pressure too, right? Oh that, yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, like, and it also helps you have another person that you're doing this with. You know, I think especially the idea of when we begin to invest in our neighbors, um, and we and we want to do it in a way that's um, that's truly a loving way. When you bring people alongside you to do that, it, it doesn't make you feel like you're the solo missionary out there, right? That you're that you're doing it by yourself. So when you bring other people alongside you, uh, it takes some of that burden and that pressure um, off of it for sure. Awesome. So so stay in your lane, kind of know your best, like where you're best utilized for throwing a gathering. Yep. Is there any other things that, oh, maybe I would avoid doing this thing at a party to like prevent there being that like awkwardness or uncomfortability? Yeah, I think a couple things is you, you always want to make sure there's like some soft music playing in the background and I wouldn't put the TV on. Um, I think one of the things is like typically like if you walk in the house, unless it's like you're, you're throwing a Packer party or something like that. And the, sure. the idea is you want to center around the game. But if you have the TV on, typically, especially in the American culture, we walk in and we gravitate towards that screen. And then all of a sudden everybody starts gathering around the screen and they're watching something and they're not able to really communicate with each other. Uh, so I'd say make sure you're turning the TV off that you don't have the TV on. Um, making sure that um, things are clean, especially the bathroom, right? You know, one of the things that you always want to do is make sure that you're hospitable to people, make sure that the bathroom is clean. Um, like your bedroom doesn't have to be clean. You're not gonna be taking people in the bedroom, uh, you know, and people understand, especially if you've got kids running around, if toys are out or something like that. But just make sure your bathroom's clean and, and that it's presentable and things smell good. Um, and then, yeah, one of the things that I think is a great do is is make it a potluck. I think like, especially if you're bringing people, unless you're this gourmet chef and you're like, hey, I just want to demonstrate my skills and have like a dinner <laughs> yeah. where I'm going to just throw down and have like an eight course meal for everybody, make it a potluck. What is the thing that you do well? You know, typically like in my house, I do the meat, I do the beverages, um, maybe a dessert or something like that. And then uh, we have everybody else bring the sides. Um, because then once again, you're getting them involved. They get to be a part of it. They get to kind of explain a little bit of their heritage. So I think um, definitely getting them involved. And then again, it takes the burden off of like you having to have all the food and all the drinks and all the uh, yeah. games and everything that for everybody. Um, do you I think typically, another... uh, just to zero in on that, do you typically like invite them to bring a certain style or type of side dish? Like, you know, maybe avoiding the like, uh, and you can speak into it, right? But as, as you're saying that, like, how much of it does it, do they bring themselves if it's like, oh, I brought these rolls from the store, you know, I brought yeah. whatever. Like, so what yeah. is that I think like? Yeah, so that invite looks like my wife getting on like <laughs> Sign Up Genius, you know, and uh, yeah. it's definitely not me. It's my wife. She goes on Sign Up Genius. She's like, okay, we need eight appetizers. We need, you know, five desserts and we need uh, condiments or we need rolls or whatever, you know what I sure. mean? And so she just literally goes up on Sign Up Genius and says, hey, fill out these different things or uses a text chain or whatever. But yeah, you definitely want to try to kind of assign things because otherwise you're going to have uh, 10 boxes of Walmart cookies. Nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with Walmart cookies, but you know, you have 10 boxes of that and no buns for your meat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that my wife, she takes care of it. She's awesome at that. But definitely, yes, you want to try to kind of plan and organize. Okay, how many different side dishes versus how many different desserts do we have? Totally. Otherwise you have, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a huge one. I think an important thing is as soon as you possibly can, well, first and foremost, I think you need to have somebody greeting at the door or have your door open. You never want people standing at a closed door. You know, just crack your door open a little bit, you know, keep it open and it's easier. People feel more welcome. They can just walk in when they feel like, and then try to greet people right away and introduce people right away. 
Um, I think an awkward part of a party is when everybody's kind of standing around like a, a middle school dance and they kind of separate themselves <laughs> into groups, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. people that know each other, you know, sure. there's, oh, there's the church people in this group. Oh, there's the people that know each other in that group. Oh, there's the people in that group over there. And so whatever you can do is in the beginning, just to just welcome people. And then especially have maybe a little gathering part by where you're welcoming people. And then you can just kind of introduce people and then get back to what you're doing. And then they will naturally just have conversations and, and get to know each other, but kind of break that awkward, you know, I don't know who these, you know, I don't know anybody when I'm walking into, a, you know, into a party thing is and try to introduce people right away. Yeah. I, I love that. Like crack your door or have somebody waiting there a thought. Cause I don't think that's something that would naturally like that I would think about that. Like, Oh, I'm coming up to this place and I feel like I like need to be, I need to be given permission to enter versus yeah. like being that like, nope, you're a part of this. Mentality. Yeah. Welcome, man. Yeah. Welcome. You know, even put out like a welcome mat, like, you know, anything that you could do to just make people feel welcome or sign. Like if it's middle of the winter, say, Hey, come on in, you know, thank you for being here. Come on in. Welcome. You know, th- you know, anything you could do so that it's just feels this, 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 they don't have this barrier to get across just to walk through your threshold. Yeah. I think it's huge. Yeah. Um, so I know you kind of mentioned this a little bit, like you touched on it with like the different like groups of, of people or whatever. Um, but is there, I know this without getting too into the weeds here, um, is there anything that you would avoid talking about? Like, or is there things that you would like say, you know what, like, like if my goal, if it's kind of almost like know your goal with like the, the gap yeah. in the conversation, you know, um, did you talk about that for a second? Yeah, I think knowing your goal is huge. And I think anytime you're throwing a party, and I think it's just like the same thing like in the restaurant business. You know, our goal of a restaurant is not to give you the most amazing meal, okay? The goal of the restaurant is get you to come back. Hmm. We want you to come back again. And I think that's the same thing as when you're throwing a party, right? Your goal of a party, your goal of, you know, getting to know somebody, having coffee with them, whatever you're doing with them is just to make sure that you can do it again. You know what I mean? That you don't that you don't make it this awkward thing that just pushes people away or people don't have a good time. So just think about that as your goal. Your goal is solely to begin to develop a relationship with these people so that you can have a conversation with them again. You don't have to get like every single thing in that you think that you want to say to them or you don't have to get up there and, and preach to them. You know, if you think you've got, okay, now I've got my opportunity. I've got to, you know, hit them with, you know, this biblical concept or I've got to evangelize to them right now in this moment. And not saying that, man, the Holy Spirit can't do that in you. And all of a sudden he'll put something in you and you're like, Hey, I just want to mention this one thing too. So I don't want to make it feel, but you don't want to push people away. And so really the whole main goal is just to get to know them, build relationships, build trust, and just to have them, you know, have them want to hang out with you again. Yeah. And I think that probably goes for things even beyond just, uh, like faith things, but also probably politics and like knowing those tension points that people have to like, um, how do you not, because uh, I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all been to, to parties where it's like somebody brings up that thing or that relative brings up that thing and you're like, okay. And you just want the conversation to end, whatever it is about, right? Yeah, One I side think or the other. Yep. I think it's staying away from anything that divides your influence. So if you think about politics and whether no matter what side of politics you're in, if, if you all of a sudden start having a conversation about politics, you've now divided your influence just to the people that think the same way you have. Um, you've just cut your influence in half with the people around you. Um, you know, the same thing with 
you know, uh, any sort of a big hot topic, you know, in the media, there's people that are going to be on both sides, especially right now. There just seems to be this tribal kind of mentality going on in our world where people aren't interested in hearing what the other side has to say as much as all they are defending their side. Um, And I'm not saying that that's right or or wrong, um, but just the idea of if you can stay away from any of those topics, because all it does is just divide your influence immediately as soon as you start kind of staking a claim or or having a conversation. People even might just look at you and think by what you're saying that you've you've stuck this flag in the ground on some sort of issue. Um, So I think definitely try to stay away from anything They'll divide your influence. You want to just be listening probably more than talking. Um, allow them to lead and drive the conversations and you could just mm-hmm, listen. And And if they drive it towards something like that, I think you do whatever you can to just kind of listen, bite your tongue, and then, uh, you know, kind of direct it in a different different conversation. I use it to, to talk about, you know, you know, what they do for a living or what their family is like, uh, you know, where their kids are going to school, you know, what kind of activities are they involved in? You know, these things where you get to know um, a little bit more about who they are, you know, where they grew up. You know, that's one of the things that I love to do. I think we always define, especially I think as guys, as men, one of the things that way we define ourselves is by what we do. And what is the first things we can usually ask each other, you know, Hey, what do you do for a living? Or, you know, how do you make the ends meet or something like that? It's typically one of the first, you know, when you get to know somebody, I don't like to use that. I like to say, Hey, where'd you grow up? You mean, I like to use that as kind of one of my first introductory things because I wanted to find, like help to define, okay, what is the background that this person has, right? So if they grew up in the city of Milwaukee or they grew up in a different city or um, a a different part of this world, I can maybe try to find some way that I can connect with them in that way. So I'm like, oh man, you grew up in the city of Milwaukee, so did I, you know, I grew up on on the South side, tell me, where'd you grow up? Oh, I grew up on the North side. Oh man, I went to, you know, grade school in this neighborhood, you know, just try to find connection with them in conversation instead of trying to find divisive things in conversations. Um, so those, that's kind of a little bit more what I do is like, I try to find instant connection with people as much as I can try to find common ground, um, when I'm having conversations with people in the first place versus, um, things like you just with you. Yeah. I think one of the first times you told me, you know, that you came from the Seattle area, I'm like, Oh, great. You know, my, my cousin lives there and I got families there. Trace and I, we almost moved there. You know what I mean? Like we can use common ground to just break down barriers versus all of a sudden said, oh, the Seahawks suck. You know what I mean? Which just, <laughs> you know, adds like a, a negative, like all of a sudden like, oh, great. No, we've just added this negative right. thing where we're pushing each other away as opposed to trying to find common ground with each other. No, and I think that goes back to even what you're talking about with the goal thing, right? Is is knowing your goal, right? If your goal is to connect with this person uh, and even bigger, like you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, this like idea of, oh, I want to develop this relationship with this person because I value them. You know, I want to connect with them. I know God values them. I want to value them too. And um, it very it easily showcases what we truly value when we have divisive or hard conversations because we're showing, even un- unintentionally, right, that yeah. we're valuing that thing, that divisiveness, more than the other person. And so that's, yep. that's huge. That's, that's really good. Before you go, love to hear this, like, big question, all right? Best okay. party food, all right? Hit me with your best party food barbecue baby barbecue if you're having like if you're having some sort of party food like where you're um where you're outside i mean i think even like in the winter man like barbecue like barbecuing something you know burgers brats for me i love you know like smoking brisket and um you know pork shoulder and anything like that i think there's something special especially like as um 
as men, we kind of gravitate around a grill. You know, I mean, it just kind of becomes the center of the party and you just kind of hang out there. And um, there's just something that adds a little bit of energy when you know it's like a grilled food, um, you know, something like that. So I think it's just a natural way to connect with people and it just brings a, a different thing. So for me, that's, you know, anything around the grill, man, that is the best party food to begin with. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I know I learned a ton about just like a, how to throw a better party. <laughs> um, uh, number one, learn how to grill better. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> step one, get a grill, right? Get a grill. Yeah, yeah. first get a grill. First yeah, get a grill. A good one, right? Yeah. Um, but awesome. But man. even beyond the grill, man, it's just whatever you do well. You know, start yeah. with whatever you make well. Don't try to go out there and make something that's crazy complicated. You mean where you, uh, you might end up, you want to showcase something that's, even if it's simple and easy, man, it's just what you do well and that'll, mm. that'll showcase it. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for, uh, well, thanks for chatting with me and uh, I'll see you around.